Hey, everybody, and welcome into the Seeking Peace podcast. It's Kaylee and Aaron here. Hey, everybody. So we are so excited to bring you this podcast and bring you the website, Beauty Saves, and the journal entries, and the stories that we have for you. Just a quick caveat to this podcast that you're about to hear. So Aaron and I actually recorded this a few months ago. So some life situations, some things have changed that we'll address later in the podcast, maybe at the end of this first uh, episode. But we felt it necessary to get this out right now. We, we didn't want to wait any longer just because of the turmoil, the frustration, the blatant lies and misuse of the Bible um, that's going on both in the world and in this country at the moment. Uh, we just felt like we had to say something. We couldn't be silent any longer. We couldn't wait any longer. We needed to educate both ourselves and those around us with the truth. Yeah, I mean, I think that's really well said. And that's, we just kind of want to do this quick intro to, to let you guys know we're, we're going to be talking a lot about, you know, reconciliation and peace seeking. Uh, and we're going to dive head on into some conflict and, and some some topics that can get very emotional. Uh, and when you're listening, you may be wondering, well, this has been the talk of everything, the immigration and separating kids from their families. Why aren't they talking about that? And, and exactly what Kaylee said, we recorded this a couple of months ago. So stay, uh, stay tuned. After episode zero, we have an outro where we will discuss specifically those things that Kaylee just mentioned. And the other thing is just you might hear us get into some topics that seem politically heated. And just as a sidebar to Aaron and I, we are not politically motivated. Our allegiances lie first and foremost with Jesus and with God. And we're not here put on this earth to be all in for a specific political party we're, we're put here on this earth to be all in for Jesus. And, and that's what this podcast is about. And that's hopefully what you get from this. Amen. So without further ado, here's episode zero. If you can look at the other person's humanity and dignity and care about that person and understand where the common ground is, you can make something amazing. When you get to the place where you realize the other person isn't fighting against you, but is fighting with you, it literally changes everything. The importance of seeking to understand before trying to be understood. People are, are yearning for just something beautiful. This is what the kingdom of God looks like. This is what yep. heaven will look like. God is up to something here, and I'm so excited about it. Hey there, and welcome into Seeking Peace, a podcast exploring grace, justice, and reconciliation. I'm Kaylee Vargas, and I'm actually joined by my husband, who's in the other room right now, Aaron Vargas. Hey, guys. Aaron and I have been married for coming up on two years, and we are really excited to start this podcast for a number of reasons. And Aaron, I'll, I'll kind of let you say 
the heart that you have behind this first? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I think a, a big part of this podcast is really just uh, just a conversation, the conversations that, that you and I have had, Kaylee, for, um, I guess, kind of on and off for a couple of years, but especially, um, I'd say within the last six months or so, um, just conversations we've had from, from people we talked to and books that we've read. Um, and I think this, this is a podcast where more than anything, it, it's just us uh, having a conversation uh, about seeking peace and seeking reconciliation with the people around us and people in our communities. And I think it's something that has, has kind of been building uh, in both of our hearts, <clears throat> excuse me, in both of our hearts for, for a couple of years and, and just seeing um, how, how divisive things are. I mean, I, I don't have to do much elaborating on that. It's very clear how divisive um, just everything is right now, not even just in the political realm, but just in just socially talking with people. It's always like this tension. Well, I don't, I don't want to bring this up because they may have voted this way or they may think this or, you know, whatever it might be. So um, just a mounting kind of divisiveness and, and uh, people acting and speaking out of what I believe is, is fear, sometimes maybe even hate. Um, and, and that's, that's hard to, hard to see. It's discouraging because it, it, it seems like it's building. Um, but maybe even on top of that, one part that, that I've been increasingly frustrated about is that, uh, not all in every, but for the most part, um, and in a lot of cases, Christians and the church have not really stood up and said, uh, very explicitly that this is not the way of Jesus. This is not the heart of Jesus to, to speak in a way that is so divisive, uh, to draw lines in the sand and, and say, hey, you know, you got to pick a side this way or the other. Um, if, if anything, uh, again, not all in every, but in a lot of instances, Christians in the church have, have added to the divisiveness. Uh, and that's not the heart of Christ. Um, unity is, is in the heart of Christ. And that doesn't mean we, we give any ground on truth, but uh, something that we'll, we'll talk about a little bit later, it, it can't just be all truth. Like there's got to be a different part of it where you, you uh, in Colossians, it talks about ha- making sure your words are seasoned with salt. There's a degree where it has to taste good. Again, that doesn't, that doesn't compromise or, or we don't give ground on truth. But anyway, I don't want to get too far down any kind of rabbit hole. The, the, the main point is that things have grown to a very divisive level. Um, we've both Kaylee and I felt like the church and Christians haven't really made a very clear message that, Hey, you don't have to pick like one or the other of these, of these paths that the kind of the world is going down. There's a different path that you can take. Uh, and it starts with the heart of Jesus. Yeah. And, and I want to make a point and you, you might be thinking if you're listening, well, what makes this random couple experts on this? Um, we're not. We're not experts. We're humans and people who love Jesus and who love the church and whose hearts are broken. I mean, I, I think you just heard it in Aaron's voice, um, frustration and, and getting upset. But like, I think ultimately our hearts are broken for what's going on. Um, and for, you know, like Aaron said, specifically what's going on in the church and that there's, these wonderful, beautiful Christians that for whatever reason, aren't stepping up. Um, but I, but I am encouraged and have been encouraged. And we'll get to this a little bit later on the podcast about 
the Christians that have been stepping up and the Christians that have written books and that have podcasts out already. Um, and throughout this, we are going to be talking to people, um, talking to different couples, uh, different professionals, um, and different people who are sometimes just like us and sometimes doing just so much more than us, um, for, for the kingdom and for this work of seeking peace and, and exploring and grace, justice, and reconciliation. Um, and one thing, if I can, if I can jump in really quick that I, I, I definitely do want to mention, um, is that, you know, if you're listening to this and you're not a Christian, maybe you come from a different religion or you, you come from no religion. Um, I, I think there's still lots of things. Or you've been burned by the church because. Especially if you, if you've been burned by the church, um, you know, I think there's still a lot, again, like Haley hit it, you know, right on the head. We're not experts in this. That's why we're approaching this just having a conversation. We're not, we're not preaching at anybody. We're not saying, hey, this is, we've got it all figured out. But ultimately the point I'm trying to make is if, if you're not a Christian, you're from a different religion, no religion at all, been burned by religion. Um, I think the goal that we are striving towards in these conversations is going to be something uh, that you want to see in, in, in your home, in your community, in your country, no matter what kind of background you have. Yeah, I agree. So so let's get into it. So we're going to start off by um, talking about our story and talking about where, where we came from and how we got to the point that we're at. Um, we're going to talk about what these things mean, what peace means. Uh, we're going to talk about some books that we've read that are just um, excellent, excellent books, excellent ideas to move forward. And then we're going to finish off with just the most beautiful look into what the kingdom of heaven looks like. So Aaron and I met, I guess, around four years ago in Alabama. We were both working for um, the same minor league baseball team. We met, we were immediately drawn to each other. Um, and I'm, shortly after, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to add one little part. So I know I keep, I keep stepping on your feet. This is, <laughs> we're going to we get, through, we're going to get through this. Um, when we first met, so I grew up just outside of Knoxville in a town called Oak Ridge, Tennessee. Uh, Kaylee grew up in Florida and she went to university of Florida. She's a Gator. The first time we met, it was at a, a pizza place. The, a bunch of the people that we worked with were, they went to a basketball game. Auburn was playing Florida in Auburn, which is really close to Montgomery, uh, where the team Florida is that we that worked. Florida won that game, if you're wondering. <laughs> of just course, you, just throwing it in there. We're going to leave it there. Yeah. Um, so I got, I got back to Alabama a little bit late. Um, so I met everybody at the pizza place uh, after the game was already over. So I go in and there's a bunch of new people there and Kaylee was one of the new people and she was wearing this blue Gators pullover. She still has the the pullover. Um, and I, I can remember if you're not from the South or you're not a sports person, University of Tennessee and University of Florida, they do not like each other. Bitter, bitter rivals. Um, so I can remember thinking when I met her like, man, she's really cute, but uh, I don't know if I can deal with a Gator. But... <laughs> I, uh, uh, I've more than more than dealt with. It was uh, we're married. I married a gator. Oh, is that what we are? <laughs> yeah, I, I want him over. Um, it, it's the peace, you know. Just yeah, that's about, what it you is. Know? Yeah, you know, just he he couldn't he couldn't help himself. Um, but so Aaron and I met. Um, 
we, we grew up, um, kind of on different spectrums. I think that's safe to say different spectrums of the political sphere. So after we started dating, we, uh, became long distance, uh, which was definitely not an easy feat. So anybody out there doing long distance right now, we, we're with you in spirit and kind of in reality as well. We started talking about, I guess this is in what, 2014? Yeah, I think that's about right. 2014. Yeah. So this is in 2014. Um, I, I guess there's not the primary elections, but the midterm elections. Midterm. That's the word I'm looking for. <laughs> the midterm elections were coming up. Um, and I don't know why or what specifically was going on in politics at that moment, but I think we just started talking about things that we were passionate about and of course, helping people and being there for people was one of those things. And so Aaron and I began these discussions that were not always fruitful and were not always graceful in the moment. I mean, I think overall, we, we definitely had a lot of grace with each other, but we began these discussions and we were clearly on opposite sides of, of the spectrum when it came to these discussions. And I think after it, it, it seemed like a while, um, but it probably was closer to like maybe a month or two of kind of rockily, you know, treading on eggshells while having some of these discussions, we got to a place where we recognized that we both wanted the same thing and that we both recognized that there was a problem and we both wanted a solution. We just had different ideas on how to get that solution and, and, and how to get to that place of reconciliation. W would you agree, Aaron? Yeah, definitely. I, mean, I think that was, <clears throat> that was the key in the, in the turning point for us is when we, we finally started to see the problem as the, as the problem and not, you know, the other person as the problem. Yeah. Um, and I think so many times instead, and I, we've used this analogy since in our marriage. And I said like, Aaron, I'm not, we're not playing tug of war. You're not on the other side of the rope. We're on the same side of the rope pulling against the problem. Like we're working together. Um, and I think a lot of times in, in politics and what Aaron was talking about at the beginning of this podcast with how divisive things are right now is that everybody wants to pit people and sides against each other instead of the problem against everyone working on the problem. You yeah. know, even if you go about it in a different way than Joe down the street, you guys are both still working on fighting the problem. You're not fighting each other. And so I think once we came to that realization through graceful conversations and conversations where like, yeah, we're, if we're being honest, like there were times where like Aaron and I got off the phone completely frustrated with each other and like honestly angry at each other. And it, it was only by the grace of God that we didn't just like call it quits and say, Hey, you're just not like me. I'm, I'm done with this. Um, and I think it's, there's, there's that, that constant temptation 
in any kind of relationship, not just in a dating or marriage type of relationship, that when you see someone who's coming at something just so differently, or it's like, well, we're, we're just too different and, and we can't do this. Um, but I think, again, to kind of to reiterate the, the main point is that we're really not very different. Like the, the, the key component of this was that we were, we were trying to solve the same problem. We were, we were trying to help people. We wanted to, to figure out ways to, to get people opportunities. It, it's so easy to, especially now because there's false dichotomies everywhere. Well, are you, are you pro-police or are you pro-Black Lives Matter? Like, you know, you got to pick one. Well, no, you don't have to pick one. You can actually, you know, want police officers to be safe and to be okay. And you can want black people to feel like they don't have to worry when they're walking down the street with their hood on. So, you know, there's, there's the key of this is to understand that we're, we're a whole lot more similar to each other than our, that gut instinct wants to tell us when, well, I'm so different from this person because they think this, or they voted this way. Well, no, you're really not. We're, we're very, very similar. And when Kaylee and I understood that about each other, it, 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 it changed everything. And, and this is, I think- It really of- did. Like, I, I don't want to like underemphasize this point. Like when you get to the place where you realize the other person isn't fighting against you, but is fighting with you, maybe in a different way, but, but is on your team, it literally like- changes everything. It really does. It changes your entire perspective. And and it has now become like one of my favorite parts about us is that we, to me, Kaylee and I, and I'm going to toot our own horn here, but Kaylee and I, when I think about, you know, the world and it's divisive and this side versus that side, like to me, we are, are an example of if you can look at the other person's humanity and dignity and and care about that person and understand where the common ground is like you can make something amazing you really can and and what i was saying that's that's my favorite part about about me and Kaylee now is that we we came from so different backgrounds and so different ideologies but we met and we we cared about each other, cared enough to fight through this, to work through this, to pray through this, uh, and it's it's led us, and God has led us to this place where we we are starting to see that no, you don't you don't have to pick that side or the other side or whatever. There's 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 a different way, um, and that's something. There's that, a third option. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I I agree with you. I mean, I I'm almost getting emotional thinking about it because it, it very easily could have been a situation where um, we would have written each other off and we would have just called it quits and, and, and not allowed this to, to work. But I think that like, like we've talked about once we realized that we were actually on the same side and wanted the same things, then we were able to look at the person and see that beauty and see that humanity. And I'm going to kind of get into like what even developed my growth further was reading the book, Beauty Will Save the World. Um, and it's honestly what I made this website after. I mean, I, I read this book and it, I kid you not, changed my life. It was, it was that powerful of a book. 
And in it, um, Brian Zand talks about the beauty of Christianity and, and how we've lost it. And he talks about the beauty of Christ and how everything about Jesus is beautiful. Um, and it's because of his mercy, his welcoming demeanor, his tenderness towards the weak, his generous forgiveness of sinners. I mean, everyone loves Jesus, even atheists. I mean, you talk to atheists, you talk to Muslims, you talk to Jewish people. I mean, most, most, you know, like most all people universally, Jesus is accepted and respected somewhere. Christians lost that. And I think the reason they lost that is because there was such an emphasis on the truth. And Aaron, like you talked about earlier on the podcast, there, there wasn't any salt. And so people were getting really turned off. And then there was such an emphasis on the good, um, and doing good works and good things. There was this moral superiority that came along with with talking about goodness and good works and, and this emphasis on good that somehow in all of this, we forgot to put an emphasis on the beautiful, which helps win people's hearts. Honestly, you know, that that's what helps. That's what Aaron saw in me. Aaron saw my heart. He saw the beauty of my heart and that made him not walk away. Yeah, and I and I firmly believe that. Definitely, and I think it's, you know, we're in a time when, you know, apologetics are 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 great. Apologetics being like ways you you defend your faith and have logical arguments for why we believe what we do. Like none none of that is bad. Like that that's you know cool stuff to learn and and useful stuff to learn. Um, but because of just kind of the the social climate of things. People are on edge. People don't want to be preached at. They don't want to be told this is why you're wrong and I'm right or whatever it is. Like people are are yearning for just something beautiful and something peaceful. And more than anything else, more than any kind of theological argument or, you know, apologetic approach to, to faith or to Jesus, like more than anything, people right now need something beautiful, something that they can hold on to and, and say, this, this is a different way. This, this isn't picking sides. This isn't, well, there's, there's, there's only way to do things. This is, this is something completely different. And I think that is, is something that the book was, was really trying to point out that the way to continue to follow Jesus is, is different than any kind of, you know, approach that something in this world has taken. You know, you can't just go down a, a conservative path and say, yep, everything you did right there was the way of Jesus. You can't just go down a liberal path and say, yep, everything, you know, you did was the way of Jesus. So it's, yeah. And I think jumping in there, I think, so the two biggest things that reading this book taught me and, and just, if you guys go out and buy the book, I totally recommend it. It is a dense book, at least for me, it was, um, Brian Zand is an amazing author, but he definitely does talk about apologetics. He definitely talks about 
um, some of these different things. He, he uses big words. There were times where I had to reread a section three and four times to like fully grasp the meaning of it because it is a dense book, but it is a intensely powerful and amazing book. But two of the things that, um, probably were my biggest takeaways from reading this book were that, and, and I know you, you might be listening and you're saying, well, duh, Kaylee, that, of course, that's obvious, but but the, my two biggest takeaways were politics are the way of the world. They are not the way of Christ. And for me growing up, um, it, they were portrayed as hand in hand. Yeah. So I grew, so sidebar, a, a background, I grew up in the church. Um, my grandfather's a pastor. I, I don't remember a time when I didn't know that Jesus loved me and that I didn't have a relationship with him. Um, Aaron was kind of the opposite. He didn't get saved until he was in college. Um, and I can let him tell his story a little bit more, but for me growing up, um, politics and the church seemed to go hand in hand. If you were a Christian, then you voted this way. And it was very, um, it, it seemed very much tied one to the other. And it wasn't until I read this book that I realized that that's not the solution of Jesus. Like in the Bible, it even talks about how Peter was all hyped up and was all gung ho and was like, yeah, Jesus, let's go. Let's, let's run for office. And Jesus was like, no, that's not what I'm here for. And so I think so, so often as Christians, we feel this need to change, change things and change society the way that the world changes things, which is through politics. But as Christians, we're called to live outside the box and we're right. called to be creative in love, which means politics are not the way of Jesus. Politics are not the way of Christians. Now, don't get me wrong. Don't at me. I'm not saying politics are bad. I'm not saying don't vote. I'm not saying any of those things. But what I am saying is that is not the ultimate solution. Politics is not the ultimate solution. And for me, it was kind of a wake up call to realize that. Um, the yeah. other, oh, I, I yeah. think, yeah, let me just jump in really quick. I mean, I, I think the book, Beauty Will Save the World, um, for me, it, it was, it was something that, articulated the way I felt and I just didn't have the words to say it. At least I couldn't say it eloquently like, like Brian Zand did in the book. Um, and it's it just the, the way I kind of look at it is that your faith and following Jesus is that that's the blanket, which everything falls underneath it. Like if there, if there's a tension between your political views and your faith, your faith wins. If there's a, a tension between some kind of decision you need to make and your faith, like your faith wins out. Like faith is not a blanket that you get to fold up and put in a box. Um, so you, it kind of fits how you like it and how you can, you know, align it with your thinkings. No, like that, that's going to cause some tension. Your faith should cause some tension in your life because the way we're made, like our human hearts are, are selfish. Like we just are like, that's, that's one of our default settings that we're going to fall back to is, is I'm going to look out for me. I'm going to make sure I'm safe. I'm going to sure, make sure that I'm good. And then maybe I can help some people on the side as long as I'm still good. Like that's the tendency. I'm not like that, that, that doesn't mean you're, 
you or me or this awful person because that's our tendency. It's just important to recognize that's the way we generally lean if we don't actively push against that. And if we don't actively put our faith first, and I'm even going to say like, hey, Christians, you're a Christian before you're an American. Like, just a FYI, like, you're a Christian first. If you truly believe that you're a Christian and you follow Christ, you're a Christian before you're an American. And also an FYI for those Christians that maybe forgot this, Jesus wasn't an American. He was brown. (laughs) Definitely brown. Yeah. Uh, What's that verse uh, Lecrae sings? Um, I love Jesus. Not the European oh, one, the one with the, the one thin from, lips. Yeah, the one from Nazareth. Not the European with the ultra perm and the thin lips and the pale eyes or something like that. He says yeah. he says it way cooler than I just did. Yeah, I, just, I, I mean, butchered it. Sorry, Lecrae. Lecrae is super cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, you're not. You're definitely not as cool as Lecrae, but we'll forgive you. I, I still love you. I'm going to work on it. Uh, I'm going to try really hard. <laughs> but um, I, I just think that it just is a wake-up call. It was a wake-up call for me. To, to recognize that Christianity, like what you were saying, like my, my God, my faith, that triumphs everything, you know? And, and, and I want to be careful here because I think some Christians use that as an excuse mm-hmm. when they do go to the polls yep. and they say, oh, well, I'm a Christian, so I have to vote this way. Even though this person has all of these terrible qualities, they also have this one good quality. So I have to vote for them. Well, no, sorry. It doesn't, it doesn't work like that. Again, it's about being creative and love. And I'm not going to go full into this, but it definitely might be a journal topic at some point or an interview at some point. But, um, I, don't I th- use faith as an excuse. Yeah. I think to, that's, that's a really good point to, to yeah. make sure that we're, that we're being clear because like, you know, if, if there's one thing, I guess not one thing, but one of the things that uh, if you're a Christian, it should be pretty clear. It's that the law is not going to save you. Laws are not the way that you create change in in your world, in your life, it, with the people around you. Like that that's not that's not the way. It's very clear. Read. I'm pretty sure it explicitly says it. The law is not going to save you. So we're not saying this to say, oh well, you know, this law lines up on the surface with what I believe. So that's, that's the way I'm going to go. There's definitely like Haley was saying uh, a way to, she said, be creative in love and, and think a little deeper, think a little critically, think a more long-term, think more relationships with people and those types of things. Um, think about is giving money to these people or supporting programs to help them and to help their family. Is that going to help the end result of what I want? Right. I, I, I'm just, we'll go, you know what? We'll just do it. Let's talk about abortion. I feel like that's the thing that Christians are always get so high and mighty about. Well, they hate, they, they hate abortion, which, okay, I get it. I do too. So most Christians, I think, refuse to vote for anyone that is pro-choice, but those same Christians also don't vote for people that support quality health care and initiatives for families that are proven statistically to lower abortion rates. Right. So 
I think that being creative and love area comes into play there. It's like, well, how much do you hate abortion? Do you hate it enough to say, I hate abortion, so I'm going to vote for this person, but that might not really change the abortion rates. Or do you hate it enough to, to do something that, you know what, might make your taxes go up or to do something to, to support an initiative or to support a politician or to support uh, an organization that helps to support family health care and contraceptives and education for communities. Yeah. And I think, I think one, you know, one of the, the components in one of the books that we read called Mending the Divide talks about, about seeing people, truly seeing them. And when I think about something like, like abortion, you know, I understand people on, on both sides of, of the abortion issue. Uh, I understand as, as a Christian, the part that, that I start to try to key in on is the question, okay, well, well, why would someone consider having an abortion? Why would someone consider um, not having a baby? And a lot of the times it, it's probably because that person feels hopeless. They feel like they have no choice. Like there's, I can't, I can't have this baby. I don't have, I'm a kid. I can't do this by myself. I'm hopeless. There's nothing else I can do. Like they have no support system or they don't have a good enough job or and that, there aren't enough resources available. And that's the part to me that if you, if you really want to start to come at this issue of, of, of abortion, then let, let's get to the heart of it. It's, it's very easy to go to a poll and say, okay, I'm going to vote this way and then I'm going to go live my life and I really don't have to worry about it ever again. If you really are, are so angry at, at abortion, well, let's, let's go to the heart. Let, let's try to figure out ways that we can make sure that young girls and women do not feel hopeless. Let's figure out how we can do that because I guarantee you, when you start to, to give hopeless people hope, there will be much less abortions than voting one way to make a law say one thing's allowed or not. So let's make sure that the hopeless get hope. Because let, let's be honest, the, the reason that America is righteous or not righteous has nothing to do with our laws. Nothing. Like the righteousness of people and a country and a community, not about the laws. It's not. So let's Let's really, just like Kaylee was saying, let's get creative in love. Let's figure out where, what's the source of this? The source of this is not a law. It's not the Supreme Court. The source of this is hope. People, women, young girls who need hope. So let's figure out how to give them some hope. That's so well said. So Aaron just talked about the book, Mending the Divide. Um, so Aaron and I, um, we enjoy reading books together. We, we enjoy, um, those things. So we've read dream with me by Dr. John Perkins, which is an incredible book. And we've read mending the divide by John Huckins and Jer Stewart. Am I saying those names correctly? I have no idea, but it sounded, sounded about right. <laughs> we'll it. go with it. Um, <laughs> and what's interesting is these books are written by people that if you were to put them beside each other from just looking at them, you would think that they are 
the most completely different people in the world. Dr. Perkins is in his eighties. He's, um, black. He grew up during civil rights in Mississippi. Yeah. Civil rights leader in Mississippi. He, yeah. So, so he, he grew up, he was actually thrown in jail. His brother was beaten to death by the police in Mississippi. He was so angry and scared for his life that he moved to California where he got saved. Um, and then he vowed he would never go back to Mississippi. And Jesus called him to go back to Mississippi to be a leader. And now he has a, an affordable housing development in Mississippi. He has a retreat center in Mississippi. He works with the community. He has tons and tons of books. He speaks at huge churches like Rick Warren's church out in California. And he also speaks at smaller churches. Um, um, but he's just an incredible, an incredible guy. And then um, John and Jur are younger, I would say like mid-30s, white, heterosexual uh, guys. And But what's cool about this, and about describing both of them is that we read Dr. Perkins book first and he focuses on the three R's relocation, redistribution and reconciliation. There's such a parallel to his book, which is called dream with me and mending the mending the divide, which focuses on see immerse and contend. And that's how you reconcile. So we can definitely get more into those books. But Aaron, I think maybe what was your biggest takeaway from those books and, and what do you love about them so much? I think the part that, that stands out to us, I think, and, and to me, and that's kind of really been, been pulling on us, is Dr. Perkins puts it as, as relocation uh, and then the, uh, the two white guys, <laughs> we'll call them the two white guys, talk about immersing and I think that that's so valuable because it's going to be really hard to reconcile to people that aren't like you, that don't look like you, that don't think like you. If, you know, you just have a conversation every now and then and you're like, okay, let me just get a little bit out of my comfort zone and and talk to this person who doesn't think like me or look like me, then I'm going to, you know, hustle back into my comfort zone. Like, whew, all right, I'm good. I got my, I got my dose of, of talking to someone different. Um, but when you relocate, when you, when you immerse in other people's lives, you start to really understand where they're coming from. And that's another principle that, that the two white guys talked about is they, they talked about the importance of seeking to understand before trying to be understood. And Mm, that's something that, man, like right now, like how many just just go find any kind of fight or bickering between people and i guarantee you at the heart of it somebody is fighting really hard to be understood like i don't i don't oh, care what yeah. you're saying i don't want to hear that just like let me let me let me tell you where i'm coming from and this is this is why you need to understand me and well and it just goes back to the very nature of humans we want to be known we want to be known and we want to be loved we want to be understood and there's so many wonderful people that are not understood. Yeah. And I think that it takes work. Yeah. I, it does. 
and it, 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 it takes going out of your comfort zone. So Aaron and I had this big dog and we, and I walked him around the neighborhood and I would always see, uh, this couple and their little boy across the way. Um, and he would always say hi to me. Um, and it was a, it, it was a couple from India and they were so sweet and just the nicest people. I just got to talking to them one day and it turned into dinner and it turned into a friendship and it turned into if we ever go to North Carolina, cause they moved, then we're going to call them up and visit them. And they're just <laughs> so sweet. And I think that allowing your heart to be open to friendships with different people and to relationships with different types of people and hearing what they have to say and understanding where they're coming from before feeling like you need to get your point of cross is what God wants us to do. And it's, and it's, and it's a glimpse into what the kingdom of heaven. That's right. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Like that is, that, that is the kingdom, the kingdom of heaven that everybody doesn't look the same. I like, I don't know. I don't know exactly what it's going to be like. I'm, pretty sure it's going to be awesome and i can pretty sure i'm also pretty sure it's going to be multicolored like the yeah. <laughs> people are going to look different and and yeah just really well said that that is a glimpse in into the kingdom of heaven and um we all we always want to when when we are having these conversations we want to bring in some like real world examples and and again we're talking with people and because Kaylee and I, we're like just starting this journey, but there's so many other people who are so much further along. And that's why we want to do interviews on this and talk to people because we're trying to learn. Like really one of the points of this is just so we can learn. And then maybe some other people while, while we're talking about it can, can learn what we're learning. Um, and one of the, one of the things that, that we, we wanted to do in this episode uh, and this podcast is just read this letter. So I have a buddy who works for Young Life. And if you don't know what Young Life is, it's basically an organization all over the country, a uh, Christian organization that ministers to high school kids. Uh, and they just, first and foremost, they just build relationships with, with the kids. They, uh, they get to know them, get to know what, what they like to do, what they're like. They, they, they play games. They have a lot of fun. Um, and it's just, it's an incredible ministry because it really does start with the relationships, um, and making sure that those high school kids know that they're important, that they're cared about, uh, that they matter, that their, their concerns matter. It's an organization that has followed the sea immerse contend almost to a T. It has actually, I, I didn't even think about it until you just said that, but yeah, no doubt. Um, they have really lived this out. And that's, that's really what we want to do is we want to talk to people who are living this out so we can emulate them, which is ultimately emulating Jesus. But so anyway, so I have this buddy, he's in Young Life. He moved to a different part of the country to start Young Life in a new location, which like, man, that's, that's, ter- that's a terrifying thought to me to just start something Complete. from scratch. Like yeah. just walk up to high school kids and say, hey, I'm Aaron, you know, what's your name? You know, that's, that's really hard. But anyway, so he, uh, he sends uh, emails that just kind of updates us on, on how things are going. Um, and he sent us this email. And this was uh, about a year ago, I believe. But like... Around like a year in December. Okay. I think it was December of 2016-ish. Okay. Um, and it just like, 
man, just spoke right into our hearts. Like I was tearing up. Kaylee was crying. Like it was, uh, it's just beautiful. And so I'm going to read that now, uh, this letter from my buddy. I've changed all the names and everything. So none of these are actually the names of the people and the location I haven't included in that. But But the reason, and you might've said this, Aaron, but the reason we're reading this letter is because this is what community looks like. This is what seeing and immersing and contending looks like. This is what Christian, real Christianity and like getting to the heart of people and communicating with people. This is what it looks like. And also this is what the kingdom of God looks like. This is what heaven will look like. Yeah. All right. So here it is. I woke up full hearted today because of all this full hearted also because of last night. Let me tell you about last night. Last night we sat around a fire on the back porch of a house where we started having young life this semester. We drank hot chocolate and we laughed, we played, and my friend Cynthia talked about how Jesus loved to hang out with the tax collectors and sinners. As I looked around our circle, kids drinking in Cynthia's words about Jesus loving unexpected people, this is what I saw. Precious, a sophomore girl whose tomorrow is full of unknowns. Precious lives in a short-term housing facility for homeless families, only she's lived there for 10 years now. Her dad is chronically sick, Her brother is schizophrenic. Her mother is homeless in a different city. Right now, she's trying to balance falling grades with the decision of entering the foster care system and searching for stability. Ramesh, a senior boy on the robotics team. Ramesh has an engineering mind and a kind-hearted smile. His parents are from India, and he's never really heard much about Jesus before last night. Chris, a freshman boy with autism, whose parents are from China. Chris wears glasses, and he loves running and coding and he sticks his arm out straight, elbow locked, to shake your hand when he meets you. His older sister, Lisa, started bringing him to Young Life because she heard that we would want to hang out with him. My wife cried when she heard that. Kids were telling their friends, I know a place where your autistic brother will feel included and welcomed and loved. Alicia, a junior girl who is Jewish, Alicia and her friend Maya are both signed up to come to Malibu with us this summer, and they're both Jewish. Last week, they brought their friend Micah to Young Life at In-N-Out with us. Micah is fun and witty and Jewish and gay. He's been skeptical about coming to Young Life for a long time, but came because Alicia and Maya assured him, no, it's cool, you'll like it, it's safe. Jose, the starting linebacker on the football team, the guy that high school girls swoon over. Maria, Jose's younger sister, who dreams of going to college at Stanford or Georgetown or Columbia. Pete. Wild as hell. Pete's parents are atheists. He's got good looks and a huge smile paired with no moral boundaries and a rebellious spirit. Every week after Young Life, my wife and I drive him 30 minutes home. I've got a little feeling and a great prayer that Jesus will grab a hold of his heart one day. Christina, from a really rough part of town, the other side of the freeway, that had the highest murder rate in the U.S. in the early 90s. Gabriela, born in Venezuela, whose adopted father is in prison for sexual abuse. Sarah, who's trying to follow Jesus in the middle of a fight with anxiety and depression. Amelia, an exchange student from Southwest Germany. Nicole, a junior whose love for Jesus is genuine and sweet and mature. She's quickly catching a glimpse of what it means to love her friends like Jesus does, faithfully and graciously, and what can happen when you do. What a night. Our circle is small right now, but it's growing, and it's beautiful, and it smells like Jesus, and it looks like the kingdom of heaven black and white and brown and rich and poor and gay and straight 
and abled and disabled, and hurting and thriving and searching and sought after. God is up to something here, and I'm so excited about it. Every day, I'm more and more convinced that this is exactly where God wants us. Thanks for being in it with us, for walking by our side as we take the hope and the truth and light of Jesus to the four corners of our city. And if you are bawling like I am, <laughs> um, then you just know that this really is what the kingdom of heaven looks like. And it's what my heart so desperately aches for. No question. I mean, just uh, welcomed, loved, safe. Uh, Sought after. All those words beautiful. That, that jump out, exact, beautiful, peaceful. Um, that is that that is our goal. That is the reason that we're doing this. That's the reason we started this podcast. That is what we are striving to create in our homes, in our neighborhoods, in our cities, in our country, and in our world. Like at every single level, like we're not going to tackle it all at once. We can't do that. But knowing that is the direction that we want to head. That's, that's where we want to go. And while we're on this journey, we will be talking to different people and talking to how they go about these things in their own lives and neighborhoods, um, hearing from them and exploring love and peace and grace and justice all for reconciliation and, with hope in mind. So thank you so much for joining us on our first episode. Um, we love you guys. Please let us know what you're interested in talking about. If there's someone in particular you're interested in hearing from, stay tuned because there's a lot more ahead. Thank you so much for listening to episode zero. As promised, we are going to get into um, some topics that are, are very topical at the moment. But before that, we just want to say thank you so much to all of our friends and family who have been praying for us. Aaron and I mentioned in episode zero that we had been living apart and we had done that for about a year. Um, and, and it will be pretty much a year to the date that Aaron will be able to move to Lexington where I am. And uh, God just blessed us so much with an amazing job uh, for Aaron that he's going to be able to work uh, remotely. And uh, we, we just feel so excited to enter this new phase of our, our lives and our marriage where husband and wife will be living under the same roof. <laughs> yeah, it's been a long time coming. So we're excited to um, have a little bit norm- more of a uh, normal setup. We're excited. <laughs> So um, kind of like Kaylee and I uh, mentioned in, in episode zero, you know, we talk about how politics are, are the way of the wor- world and, and not the way of Jesus. But one thing we want to make sure that is clear, it's that politics still do play a major role and politics still um, can have some major impacts on people, especially people uh, who find themselves living on the margins. Um, so what Kaylee and I really wanted to talk about, you probably heard uh, this country's immigration policy, zero tolerance, whatever you want to call it. And our government was separating children from their families at the border uh, as a deterrent 
from immigration. Um, and there's actually a journal entry that you can hear a little bit more in detail of our thoughts in that, but we definitely wanted to touch on it. And one of the biggest reasons why, among a lot of big reasons, uh, is that Romans 13, in the Bible, Romans chapter 13, was used as a defense for this policy of, of separating um, kids from their families. And we just want to make sure that this is abundantly clear, that using the Bible, using Romans 13 to defend the policy of separating kids from their families is 100% wrong, and it is 100% shameful. In no way does any portion of the Bible say that this is okay. You cannot use the, you can use it, but you're using the Bible incorrectly and in a shameful way to say that Romans 13 says that Christians are called and people are called to blindly follow every law set forth by the government. That is not what Romans 13 means. And Romans 13, unfortunately, has been misused before. Romans 13 was used as, as a defense for slavery, as a defense for white supremacy. Um, and in more uh, current times, it's been used as a defense against social movements like Black Lives Matter. Romans 13 is not saying that you must follow all laws all the time if they're set forth by the government. The Bible is, is pretty clear on that in a couple of places. In Acts 5, uh, the apostles are in Jerusalem and they're preaching and teaching in the name of Jesus. Some of the officials, the authority of the time, they don't like that. They go to the apostles, they throw them in jail and they tell them, you cannot do this. You cannot preach in the name of Jesus. The apostles are freed from prison by God and they continue to preach in the name of Jesus. And again, uh, the council, the, the court of the time comes to them and says, you cannot do this. We are the governing authority. We are telling you this is illegal. And what the apostles say is they say, we must obey God rather than men. So clearly what they are doing is in conflict with what the government officials have set forth or have decreed but they are not in violation of Romans 13 by doing that because Christians are called to first and foremost obey the laws of God before we obey the laws of men or the laws of the government. One more quick example in the Bible, Daniel 6, um, the king sets forth a de uh, set forth a decree that said no one is allowed to pray for the next 30 days or they'd be thrown into a lion's den. Daniel, who's one of the, the heroes in the Bible, uh, he directly disobeyed this decree. He started praying. Um, they find out he's thrown to the lion's den, but God saves him from the lion's den because he was following God's decree before he was following man's decree. And in Daniel chapter six, Daniel says, my God sent his angels and they shut the mouths of the lions. They have not hurt me because I was found innocent and no wounds were found on him. So again, Daniel and Daniel chapter 6 and the apostles in Acts 5 are not in violation of Romans 13 because before Christians are called to obey the laws of men or the governments or governing authorities, Christians are called to obey the laws of God. And really quickly. So Aaron, I just want to jump in here really quick. So I, I've heard this argument and I've heard some people say, well, well, what if I don't like this law? And it, it, it's not about liking a law or not liking a law. I think at the core, you look at the Bible and you look and you say, does this law that the government put forth directly impact me from obeying what the Bible says? If the answer is yes, then that's when you follow God's law and not the law of the land. Exactly. And just again, to be clear, 
here are some of the commands given forth by God in the Bible about how we are supposed to treat, we being Christians, should be treating immigrants and should be treating foreigners. And again, to be clear, these verses, a lot of them will say alien. That means immigrant. They'll say foreigner. That means immigrant. All right. Leviticus chapter 19, when the alien resides with you in your land, you shall not oppress the alien. The alien who resides with you shall be to you as the citizen among you. You shall love the alien as yourself, for you were aliens in the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. That's direct quote from God. Exodus chapter 23, do not oppress a foreigner. You yourselves know how it feels to be foreigners because you were foreigners in Egypt. Deuteronomy chapter 27, cursed is the man who withholds justice from the alien, the fatherless, or the widow. Malachi 3, so I'll come to put you on trial. I will be quick to testify against sorcerers, adulterers, and perjurers, against those who defraud laborers of their wages, who oppress the widows and the fatherless, and deprive the foreigners among you of justice, but do not fear me, says the Lord Almighty. And Hebrews chapter 13, do not forget to entertain strangers, for by doing so, some people have entertained angels without knowing it. And then lastly, Galatians 5, 14, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. And just as a playing off of that, who is your neighbor? Everyone, including the foreigner, including the immigrant, including the alien, all those that reside among you. Those are your neighbors. Uh, and just like the Israelites were foreigners in a, in a land that wasn't their own, and God's chosen people were immigrants into this land, Jesus, the Son of God, our Savior, was also an immigrant. If you remember way back in when Jesus was born, Herod wanted to kill Jesus. And so... There was a decree put out to kill all these babies. And so an angel of the Lord told Joseph, hey, you need to go. You need to flee. And Mary and Joseph and Jesus fled their land and went as immigrants to seek asylum. And just imagine if Jesus, our Lord and Savior, was taken away from Mary and Joseph or Mary and Joseph were turned away at the border and said, you can't enter this land. You're not allowed when they're seeking asylum from being persecuted. I just want to throw that out there and say that our Lord and savior was also an immigrant and was also a foreigner in a country and also sought asylum and was granted that asylum and was protected. Amen. Uh, again, we just wanted to, f to finish this up and, and to make that clear. A, a lot of what we're going to do in this podcast is, under, is trying to get everyone to see that the, the shared humanity with each other, that even though people have different perspectives, they have different experiences that have shaped those perspectives. Uh, and we definitely think that's, that's very important. That that's, that's partly the core of what, you know, what we're going to do and why we want to tell people stories. But there are certain times when there is no other perspective. And, and this is one of those issues that th there is no other side on using Romans 13 in the way that the attorney general did. Um, that's wrong. It's shameful. It's not what the Bible says. It's not what the Bible commands. Um, so we just wanted to make that, that abundantly clear. And yeah, hope you guys ha have enjoyed episode zero. You can check us out on beautysaves.org. 
there is a journal entry that's more about this topic. Um, go to beautysaves.org and then click on the Seeking Peace Journal. Uh, and there's a few more additional thoughts on there uh, about this topic and a whole lot more. So thank you guys for and tuning. We're, we're so excited. We have so many exciting um, guests coming up planned. Uh, you might not hear a podcast for a while, but that's just because we're doing a lot of work behind the scenes to get really amazing uh, people on this podcast. We're, we're going to interview some really cool people. So just stay tuned and and stay up to date on beautysaves.org for all the latest of the journal entries and stories. Uh, that'll all be there available. All right, guys. Thank you guys again so much for, uh, for tuning in. Like Kaylee said, stay tuned. We'll have plenty more. And we'll have, uh, even before we have more Seeking Peace podcasts come out, there's stories, um, there's journal entries, and a lot of great stuff. Uh, you can also reach out to us at contact at beautysaves.org, contact at beautysaves.org. If you have any thoughts or anything at all, let us know. Um, again, this is about telling stories. Uh, it's about understanding people. Uh, and ultimately, it's, it's seeking reconciliation. Uh, and the type of, of beauty that's going to bring us all together. Go in peace.